Hi, this is Pastor Craig. Thank you for tuning in for the latest episode of my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. You can contact us at studyhiswordministries at yahoo.com. Thanks again. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. So Paul starts out here saying that that uh, that we should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And when he talks about the walk, he is talking about our daily conduct, how we are Monday through Sunday. It's not about how good we are on Sundays and how spiritual we are on Sundays, but it's how we are seven days a week. That is our walk. That is our daily conduct. And, you know, he says that we do not walk like the unbelievers, like all the other Gentiles. And if you stop and think about it, kind of switch it around. The, the unbelievers that we all know, they have no problem walking the same walk seven days a week. Um, those people that are unbelievers that, you know, we see how they talk and the things that they do, they have no problem doing that seven days a week. And that's Paul's point here is that we shouldn't walk like that, that our daily conduct, seven days a week, should rise to that level of the calling that we have. Um, he talks about them here. He says that they walk, uh, that, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. The futility of their mind. The unbelievers... They have moral and spiritual distortion. Because they lack God's understanding, they don't have that same spiritual and moral understanding that we believers have. Paul says in here, and he's talking about that, they, that the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And, and as I was saying, that's, that's, they have a distorted uh, moral and spiritual thinking. Um, because they don't have godly understanding. They lack understanding of God's ways. This is why our prisons are full of people. This is why we have divorce courts. This is why we have a Supreme Court making decisions for this country that run counter to God. Because as an unbeliever, your thoughts and your moral compass is what you have in your own mind. It's self-centered, and that's where, we, that's where unbelievers lack in God's understanding is that their whole basis is self-centered. And as an unbeliever, you have a tendency to live a life based on self first, and therefore you have a corrupted moral thinking and corrupted spiritual thinking. Um, we see that... We see, those of us that were unbelievers as adults for many years can think about the kind of life that we lived and the decisions that we made and how so much of what we did 
was acceptable by society and acceptable to, you know, in the culture, but wasn't acceptable under God's standards. But as an unbeliever, you, you, you don't, it's not a big issue. I mean, you just, you're conforming to culture and, and what society is doing, and it doesn't even permeate your mind that you're not living by God's standards. And so that's all Paul is saying here is that you don't walk like the Gentiles who walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. They have an, a, a darkened understanding. Turn to Acts chapter 26. Paul is, Paul is saying, Therefore... You, meaning believers, should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In other words, what he's saying is you as a believer should no longer walk, conduct yourself in a daily manner like the unbelievers do. Okay? Okay? They walk in the futility of their mind. What is the futility of their mind? They, they, they don't have the understanding, the moral understanding, the spiritual understanding that you believers have. So they walk in a futility of mind. They lead vain lives. They leave, you know, pointless, purposeless lives from, a, from, you know, God's perspective of purpose that God created man for. They're just living a life that's self-centered. That's the futility of their mind. Okay. Acts chapter 26. This is Paul He is uh, before King Agrippa. He is talking to Agrippa, and he says, Acts chapter 26, verse 15, So I said, that's Paul, So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Basically what Paul was telling King Agrippa there, that he was, to, his, he was given this commission by Christ to help turn the people from the darkness, the darkness of their eyes, the darkness of the heart. That's what he's saying here in in verse 18 in Ephesians. It says, because those unbelievers, they have their understanding darkened. And when your understanding is darkened, you have been turned away from God, or as he says, alienated from God. When you're spiritually separated from God, that leads to ignorance of God's truth. And when you have ignorance of God's truth... You're ruled by all the lusts and all the desires of your body. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who, who do not know God. Again, Paul's making that point that when you don't know God, you're guided by the passions 
the lusts, the desires that we have. And, and in the context of Thessalonians, he was talking about sexual immorality. But throughout New Testament scripture, we see often where when Paul talks about the lusts of the flesh, he's talking about all the sinful desires that an unredeemed person has. Okay? Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, verse 14, Paul says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The, The natural man, the unregenerated man, the unbeliever, cannot discern those things because he doesn't have that understanding. And because he cannot discern them, they are, as Paul says, they are foolishness to him. Just stop and think about what our culture tells us, what unbelievers tell us. I'm supposed to look out for number one. Um, There was a a song back a few years ago, and a couple of different companies have used it on their commercials. Uh, Chase Bank used it for a while, and somebody else used it. But it's this little jingle about, I want it all, and I want it now. You know, I want it all, I want it all, I want it now. You stop thinking about it. That is a picture of just how self-centered, both as a society and a culture and as individuals, we can be when we're living unregenerated. I want it. I want it all. I want it now. Um, I'm even reminded of the jingle from many years ago, McDonald's. You deserve a break today. You know, we have our culture always telling us about what, what I deserve, what I need, what I should do, looking out for me. Um, you got to get what you get. You got to get what you deserve. Um, nobody's going to tell me what to do. The unregenerated man is self-centered, sees himself first, and therefore, as Paul tells us, the things that are spiritual, the things of God, we can't discern those things as an unbeliever. It's not part of our thinking. We that has to be that our thinking has to be changed. By the Spirit. All right. And he talks about because of the blindness of their heart, blindness to God, blindness to the Spirit. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. When he talks about the, um, who, past, who being past feeling have given themselves over, this is just, this is another way of talking about the moral insensitivity. And what happens when we sin? The more we sin and get away with it, the easier it is to sin. That's what this is, based on this past feeling, the moral insensitivity that as an unbeliever that we have. Not only is it when we sin is and, and there's no consequences that we see, the easier it is to sin. But when we live in a, when we live morally and spiritually blind, um, we have no regard for the effect that our sins have on other people. There again, I kind of go back to our prisons being full, the fact that we have divorce courts um, and, and things like that is because we behave in a manner that thinks of me first and we don't have any regard or care for the effect that it has on other people. And that's 
That's that moral insensitivity that comes about from having a darkness of heart. The moral insensitivity that I was just talking about doesn't necessarily mean that there's complete and total moral ignorance. Let me give you a couple examples. When you're a kid growing up, you are, or at least most kids growing up, are told there are certain words you're not allowed to speak because those are bad words. And I think you all know what I'm talking about. Um, And when you're a kid, you know those are bad words. So then when you get to that point in life as a young preteen or teenager and everybody around school is saying those bad words and then you start saying them and you know they're wrong because you do have some moral understanding. But what happens is you become an adult and now as an adult, that foul language is, it's acceptable. There's nobody to tell you that you can't use those words. And besides that, you heard other grown-ups using them when you were growing up. And so as an adult, it becomes part of your, for many people, part of their everyday language. As a kid, you knew it was wrong. You knew it was bad. But as an adult, it's okay. It's acceptable. So again, it's that moral insensitivity. Even things that you know probably aren't right or as a kid they weren't right, but as an adult, eh, it's no big deal. That's how, as an unbeliever, we become so morally insensitive is we just do things that are just part of society, part of my desires, and it's not that big of a deal. There's other examples. I thought of, in addition to the foul language, I thought about, you know, uh, Playboy magazine. You know, as a, as a child, you know, you know that those are dirty magazines, those are bad, but you become an adult, and they're right there in the store, and you can buy them, and people talk about them, and must be okay when you're an adult. Again, it's that moral insensitivity. It's the behavior that comes about um, because you don't have the you don't have the ability to discern true moral issues that God has laid down. Turn to First Peter chapter four. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3, Peter says, For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. That, you know, Peter's just saying, look, you know, that was the past, and we did that enough, behaving like the Gentiles, behaving like the unsaved. And he gives the laundry list of the activities. And the laundry list of the activities 2,000 years ago is no different than the laundry list of activities of unbelievers today. And the whole point being is that's how you live as an unbeliever, but as a believer and you have the understanding that the Holy Spirit gives you, there's no reason to live like that. That's their whole point. Those behaviors come about from being morally blind, morally insensitive, morally ignorant, and we are not to walk that way because we have been called to, to, do, to live higher. Speaking of being called, that's what Paul says, don't walk. Paul says here, in, um, ver- he starts out verse 17, saying that you no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles. Compare that to where well, he started out chapter 4 in verse 1 where he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And that's kind of what he's all talking about here. 
Walk worthy, live your life every day worthy of what you've been called, and don't be walking like the Gentiles who are unbelievers. Um, and, and, you know, we looked at that laundry list that Peter gave as far as how the unbelievers walk. And then here in chapter 4, verse 1, where he says to walk worthy of the calling, look at verses 2 and 3, where he gives the positive side of it, of what our walk should look like. He says, with all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. So that's, that's what Paul's talking about here, is that we're not to walk like the, the Gentiles who have no spiritual understanding, now that we have spiritual understanding, we're to walk in a manner that proves our spiritual understanding. All right, verse 20, we'll start there in verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. just starts out in verse 20 and says, But this is not what you have learned to live from Christ. And what is the, but this is not, he's talking about walking like the Gentiles. This is not what you've learned to live from Christ. It says in verse 21, but if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as in, as the truth is in Jesus. And that's his point. If you've heard Christ and you've been taught by Christ, then you know that the truth is in Christ. Why? Because Jesus is truth. Verse 22, Paul says, you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8, Paul says, but now you, you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. That's what he's talking about there. Uh, in verse 22, to, that what you put off, put off all those things, and he gives us that list. Concerning your former conduct, those are the kinds of traits of an unbeliever. And Paul's saying we need to put those off. Um, verse 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay? So, as a saved believer, with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, how do we put off those old traits and exhibit and live and walk in the new traits that we have the ability to do through the Holy Spirit? And how do we do it? It says right here in verse 23, it says, by the renewed spirit in your mind. Your mind is where it all starts. All the sins that we commit start with a thought. It always starts with a thought. Now, there's no way that we can ever possibly eliminate all sinful thoughts from being in our mind. The problem that we have is when we have that sinful thought, it's what we do with that sinful thought. Do we dwell on it? Do we act on it? Do we 
grow it? Do we multiply it? But it all starts with our minds and the renewing of our mind. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. All right? So we're putting off the old man, putting on the new man, and we're renewing our mind. And how or what are we renewing our mind with? Right here in Colossians, he said... The new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We are able to renew our minds with our knowledge of Christ. And that is how we renew our minds, with our knowledge of Christ. And how do we gain our knowledge of Christ? We gain our knowledge of Christ by spending time in our Bibles. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. There is... What happens here on Sundays is not a substitute for what should happen Monday through Saturday. As believers in Christ, as individuals who want to grow more like Christ, we have to be in the Word all the time. An hour or two on Sunday is not sufficient. We have to be in the Word all the time. One of the reasons why, as I'm teaching and we're in... We're looking at a scripture, and then I'll have you turn to another scripture, and then I'll have you turn to another scripture. Many times it's the same thought, worded maybe almost exactly the same, or maybe worded a little different, or maybe it uh, explains a little bit more the first scripture that we're looking at, but it may seem repetitive. And that's one of the things that as you study, you will realize that, yes, scripture is repetitive. Some of the things Paul says in, in um, Ephesians, he says it in Galatians, he says it in Colossians. But the whole idea is the more you see it, the more we read it, the more we study it, the more it can become a part of our mind. And when it becomes a part of our mind, it becomes a part of our thinking. And when it becomes a part of our thinking, it becomes a part of our life. It's no different than when you're teaching a child how to learn their ABCs. It's repetition, repetition, repetition. It's the same thing with renewing our minds, is it's repetitions, it's studying the Word of God, it's studying our Bibles every day, on a regular basis, all the time. That's part of renewing our minds, is that time that we spend studying the Word, gaining our knowledge in Him who created us, in Christ. Another key passage is... um, Philippians 4.8. We've looked at this before, but here again, it's, it's a key passage in, in the renewing of our minds. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The Holy Spirit gives us the capacity for the moral understanding, and it's, it's the renewing of our mind. It's the things we put in our mind that lead us to walk the walk. It's we act on what we think. We think on what we put in our mind. 
Those are the, this, is how we, this is how we put off the old man, put on the new man, and renew our minds. Uh, it's the more you study Scripture, even if you don't memorize verses, the more you study Scripture, the more you will retain Scripture. And maybe it, you may not memorize it word for word, but you'll retain the Scripture. You will be amazed the more you study Scripture in a conversation with somebody, they'll ask you a question. It might be a question about a concern they have going on in their life or a crisis they have going on in their life, something like that. You will be amazed at how often Scriptures will come to mind that relate to the problem, the question, the crisis that individual is having. And it's all because the more time you spend in Scripture, the more God's truths become a part of your thinking. And that's how we renew our mind, and that's how we walk worthy of what we've been called for. All right, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and then he finishes up in verse 24, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And that's kind of what I just was saying about that's how you put on the new man. That's how you eliminate the old man is by the renewing of your mind. And that's the process that we go through. When your mind changes, when your thinking changes, that's when your walk changes. Your walk isn't going to change if your mind and your thinking don't change. But when your mind and your thinking change, that's when your walk changes. That's when you put on the the new man. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Paul says, Therefore we were buried with Him, that's Christ, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father... Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. There are those words again, walking and in newness. All right? Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 6. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. There again, now it's a little bit different here because he's talking about the law, but it's that whole point of we live in the newness, in this case, regenerated, and we're not walking in the old. And that's the whole, that's the whole point of this section of Ephesians is Paul is, is emphasizing the point that because we're a saved believer, we have the capacity to renew our minds and therefore live a life, walk daily, that is contrary to what the unsafe people do, that we can walk in a life that God has designed for us as believers. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we again just thank you for this time that we've had this morning. We thank you for your word. Father, I just would ask that you would work in the hearts and the minds of every person here that hears this message. Father, that they would, that they would, they would have that regeneration, that newness, that uh, renewing of their mind that would allow each and every person to walk a walk that was worthy of their calling. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son and all that he does for us. And all these things I ask in your Son's name.
Amen. Thanks again for listening. Please make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you will not miss a single episode of our podcast. Have a great day.